It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 288 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Check out memorialhealthcare.org for everything they offer, and they have a special right now, 15% off for new uh, a New Year membership, so definitely check them out. AZ Branding Solutions also on board, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We're going to have a special guest tonight as part of our prep spotlight. Travis Long, the head football coach of the Ovid Elsie Marauders, will be joining us. But as we always do, we like to play a little catch-up. I don't have a lot, but I think both you guys got something that we can uh, chat about here briefly. Who wants to start? Yeah, I can start. I mean, as for people uh, watching and listening, one, I'm running off of my phone's hotspot. Don't got Wi-Fi in the new in the new house yet, but I was moving all I was moving this whole weekend, man. And every time I move, I always say I'm like, this is the last time I'm doing it, man. I'm never doing it again. Got it. Freaking sucks. Uh, but this was the first time I actually hired a moving uh, company. Two guys showed up, two men in a truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, what an impressive uh, company that really is, and, and the work they do. <laughs> they cleaned out my entire apartment and ho- and moved it into this house. In two hours and forty-five minutes, from that's that's from the second they showed up to the second they were pulling out at the new location. That's a fifteen-minute drive away. I mean, what they are just—they're dialed. They have all the right tools. They have a perfect system down where one guy's kind of the runner, the other guy's wrapping and prepping everything. It's just an unbelievable setup. And I only paid like I actually came in under budget from what the estimate was, nice. like five hundred dollars. Wow. I do have one quick question for you guys though. What would be the appropriate appropriate tip amount? For that work do you guys tip your movers is that that's what you should do correct yeah i mean yeah i think usually you know you offer them drinks stuff like that but then yeah i don't know a couple hours i think a 20 each would be fair i was kind of thinking the same thing and I, okay i'm well, so old so i i realized i kind of overshot this a little bit <laughs> uh i didn't know i i honestly had no idea i didn't have anyone to ask i was calling my moving buddy 
uh, who worked at a moving company for a couple of years. I don't know. He apparently I can't reach him. I don't know what's going on with him. So uh, yeah, I gave him one hundred fifty dollars for the two of them. So yeah. I don't. That's very as good. soon as I handed it to him, I was like, "I don't, I don't think I should have gave you that much." No, <laughs> just about their reaction, but I don't know. They had, a, they did a great job, so it, I don't yeah, really yeah. regret it. But yeah, yeah, I guess maybe I should have thought that one out before I kind of did that. Yeah. I kind of need as much money as I can get right now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think a tip is fair. That might have, for a couple hours of work. I mean, they they made out. You know, <laughs> I mean, they. I didn't know. I I, I thought that was yeah. like I thought that was a norm. I like I said, it was kind of. St- I'm not trying to brag or something. I feel right, like right. I'm kind of bragging. That's not what his intention. It was more of me pointing out my stupidity. Of I didn't totally understand how much they. I don't. I would say stupidity. Yeah, you're generous. You're happy to do it. What I mean, it, more than I just, probably we would have, but still. <laughs> I was just happy that I have to do it myself, man. Right, uh, the last sure. my last move a year ago at this time, I literally did. Every box, every piece of furniture, I did it all by myself, man. <laughs> so I just said, I'm never, ever doing that again. So it was just awesome. No, it's it, cool being in a house. I mean, I'm never going back to the apartment life, man. Knock right. on wood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being, having moved as many times as I have, I feel like paying movers is just part of the budget. Like you said, you, yeah. you kind of budget it into the move because yeah, you might do a, a like a car load of, or two of your own stuff, but otherwise anything big beds, couches, and you know, appliances. I don't want anything to do with it. Also, I'm not asking any of my friends to come over, right. you know, when, when you're 20, it's like, yeah, a case of beer and some pizza and, you know, help me move. No, that doesn't work anymore when you're a grown adult, you know, no. like no one wants to be lugging stuff up and downstairs. And, and like you said, they, they've got it down to a system. They've got the right straps to get stuff yep. on their back. Like you said, they wrap everything up really well. Also, it's nice because, if they mess something up, it's on them. So like if they dent your washer or, you know, break some of your dishes or something, you know, in theory, you know, it's, it's covered by the contract that you sign. Hopefully you do that. So no, yeah. move, paying movers is the best thing, the best thing possible about a move. But. And, and yeah, I mean, $500. I thought that was like, I'm like, no, that's wow. not bad. I, that's I, pretty I, good. When I was going to do it. I was like, that, like, oh, this is probably $1,500. No. $500. <laughs> That's nothing. That's what I mean, well, how would you, why did I ever, why did I ever do that shit by myself in the first yeah. place? Man? Did you say that they packed up the stuff at your apartment and then moved? I just put it they... in boxes. Okay. I, just, I threw it in boxes and that yeah. was, and they did the rest. Nice. <laughs> put it right where I wanted. It's, it's, you feel, you feel pretty badass. Yeah. Put that there, put that here. That goes upstairs. That goes here. What, what an experience, man. It was awesome. That Whatever. might've, that might've saved a little bit of the cost because if yeah. a lot of times they, I'm almost surprised that they did that because a lot of times movers won't move stuff like that. Cause if you packed it right. and they move the box and something breaks in the box, they would say like, Hey, we didn't pack it. So I don't know what happened. So usually they're like, do not touch anything. We're packing everything right. and I we're moving it all. I like, I, I like wanted to, like I, I grabbed a few boxes here and there just cause it's like, I felt like I'm like, man, I feel like a kind of a jerk just right. sitting here watching these guys. I mean, I get up <laughs> yeah. I'm paying them for it, but it's like, it's like you got two guys like throwing a freaking uh giant like TV stand that holds like a 70 inch TV on their backs <laughs> and like walking. Like, I'm just like, man, I just feel horrible. I feel like I should help these guys, but yeah. Now, now before we get to Matt, the big question everybody wants to know is there a washer and dryer at the new pad? <laughs> there is. I, I've already used it numerous times. I actually had the pleasant thought to myself, I was like, man. You know, I've got a, a few dirt pieces of dirty clothes. I'm just going to throw them in the wash. I'm just going to go throw them in the wash. It's, ma- it's magical. There's no, nothing to it. Just like you're at home, life, man. The life of luxury. Your own wash and dryer. It is a big deal. 
you know, when, when you've got one in your own house. Absolutely. It's, it's nice now, Matt, I know you had a big milestone uh, recently. Your daughter, Claire, just celebrated a birthday. You had some fun doings there. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, her official birthday is tomorrow. We're recording okay. on Monday. Monday. Her her birthday's on Tuesday, but she had her had a birthday party yesterday. Jared, you maybe haven't had to or got to experience this yet. Ted, you you maybe not either because these are kind of a fairly new thing. Oh boy! But these trampoline parks. Mm, no, I haven't. It's a you know huge warehouse, basically just full. You remember Slam Ball? That, yeah. That, that thing that was on ESPN. It was basically that but just trampolines everywhere and foam pits and just a huge, it's a super cool thing. Something I would have just absolutely loved as kid a kid. Heaven. And I'm telling you, man, kids go crazy at these things. So she had a, she had her birthday party at one of these trampoline parks, her and eight of her friends. And they basically get to jump for like an hour and a half and then they get pizza and, you know, cupcakes and stuff. And perfect. I mean, it's like, they, you can't track them down. I'm like trying to walk around and try and get pictures. And, you know, all, all the, my, my wife was there and the moms were like off talking and stuff like that. And I'm just like trying to document the thing. And they're just jumping all over the place, flipping and laughing and going crazy. And I'm just thinking, I would have loved this as a kid. But yeah, it was cool to see, you know, her have fun with her friends. My parents are in town, so they they got to see it too. So she's getting spoiled all weekend <laughs> by her grandparents. She got to have a birthday party. Um, yeah, she, she's having a great birthday weekend, but it's crazy. Oh, yeah. She's already eight. The, Goes fast. You know, it's it's you know, I sh- I, Matt, I shouldn't have experienced a Sky Zone or, or, or the trampoline park. Yeah. I have actually. Oh, okay. Um, our our my junior year, right before the season basketball season started, <laughs> our coach surprised us with a like trip to Grand Rapids and to the Sky Zone. We got there like, what are we doing here? I think we were like, we were like 17, 18 years old. It's like a bunch of like 10 years old, 10 year olds running around. Uh, We get into like this dodgeball match. And that's when you realize you're kind of out of your skis a little bit. Kids are doing flips and like whipping dodgeballs at you. Like as they're flipping around and they they had a certain way that they could hold the ball that gave it like side spin. So like we got basically picked off uh, by a bunch of 10 year olds, but what one thing I I saw you guys were like painting a rock. It almost looked like a rock that was yeah. like you would see on oh. East Lansing campus. What was what was that? Yeah. So her school and actually like every school down here in Charlotte has these. I'm, I'm surprised more don't because it's a great idea. So it's a, just a huge rock, you know. Just right. picture the huge rock that are in front of farms or you know in front of other businesses, and you pay ten bucks, and the money goes to the PTO, the school's PTO. Nice. It's a fundraiser. And you get to paint it for, you know, you, you book the date that you want and then you can paint it. It's usually birthdays. I guess you could probably do it for any event that you want, but usually birthdays. So yeah, you reserve it 10 bucks, you go paint it, happy birthday, you know, do whatever you want. And then your kid goes to school, gets to see it. It's fun. All that kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool. We, we like, we enjoy painting it ourselves. We are not artists, but it's fun to do. There's people that like, get paid to do that oh, yeah. because it's like such a big deal down here. Right. But a lot of parents will pay people to go paint it. But my wife and I are like, it's part of the fun. Let's go paint it and get a bunch of spray paint and stuff like that and see what we come up with. But yeah, it's really cool. She loves it too. Seeing her name on the rock at her school. That's awesome. Well, she's yeah. at such a good age, you know, eight years old doing yeah. that stuff. I mean, those are lifetime memories, especially, you know, you have pictures and videos of it. Yeah. She'll look back at down the road. That's awesome. Yep. That is that is incredible. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I don't really have anything. So let's move on to the prep spotlight. Let's uh, 
jump into uh, the Prep Spotlight brought to you by Jacobs Insurance Agency. And we're going to be talking with Travis Long, the head coach of the Ovidelsi Marauders, right after this. When it comes to an emergency, time matters. At Memorial Healthcare in Owasso, our emergency department is Fast ER. We feature low wait times, and we're just a short drive from Flint and Lansing. With emergency trained providers and verification as a level three trauma center, Memorial is an acute stroke-ready hospital. For fast, friendly treatment of minor illnesses and injuries, Memorial Healthcare Urgent Care in Owasso and Durand is now open seven days a week with service from 10 a.m to 8 p.m. No appointment is needed and we're conveniently located on North State Road across from Meyer and Owasso and on Lansing Road in Durand. We offer on-site x-ray and lab services too. Stop in Monday through Friday 7:30 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Owasso and 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Durand. Saturday and Sunday lab hours are from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. in both Owasso and Durand. Memorial Healthcare, Fast CR, and with urgent care, lab, and x-ray services now seven days a week. We invite you to find out more and visit us at memorialhealthcare.org. You've climbed the dune, you've sung the song, and the records fell like the leaves during autumn in Michigan. The time to finish your story and carry the HIT tradition into the record books is now. One heartbeat, savvy smarts, and toughness like no one's business is the same blood that pumps through all Cavaliers. From the 2002 team and Cavs everywhere, we wish the 23 Cavaliers the best as they hit their way through the MHSAA playoff season. Best of luck, boys. We're all proud of you. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Well, on the Prep Spotlight, brought to you by Jacobs Insurance, we got another special high school coaching guest. We have Travis Long, the head coach of the Ovid Elsie Marauders. They've won a couple of games, won the district championship. Now in his 14th year at Ovid Elsie, has a nice winning record over there. And coach, it's kind of like flashbacks to uh, the old sports forum program we used to chat every week. Ovid LC football. Welcome to the podcast. I understand it's your first podcast, so we're glad to have you on board. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's kind of cool. I've, I've never done one of these, and uh, so I really, I don't, I've never, I don't really listen to podcasts a whole lot, so I don't know much about them. I guess I have to get into. It. I got to get with the now. Well, with the now. Yeah. Well, if you if you know the sports forum, this is almost like a the new age sports forum. <laughs> exactly. I guess, if you want to describe it that way. Yeah, we, right. once yeah. once word gets out on social media, you'll be hearing from a bunch of Ovid Elsie fans that uh, they heard your comments here tonight. So make sure you talk <laughs> good about all the players. Yeah. All right, I will, for sure. All right, well, you know, again, congratulations. It seems to be uh, year in and year out, a lot of success over there. Let me, let me start out with, I said you were in your 14th year. Was your first year as head coach, you took over for Jerry Goosen, or was there a, a coach or two in between? Yeah, uh, I was an assistant for Jerry, um, and then he he uh, got out of it and after that 2009 season with Chris Robinson, and then I mm -hmm. took over. So I've been there ever since. 
Well, it seems like you're in the playoffs every year. And this year, you know, coming out of the MMAC, pretty tough league with New Lothrop and Chesanine having outstanding seasons. You came into the playoffs at five and four, but you're playing some of your best football right now. You won your last four games and, uh, you know, you look pretty impressive, obviously, against Lansing Catholic last week. Tell us about the team a little bit in general, but mostly what kind of turned things around to where you're playing your best football here at the end? Yeah, um, well, I mean, we came into the season uh, pretty high on on this squad. Um, uh, the seniors, there's not very many seniors on the team, uh, but a lot of juniors that are are pretty talented and, and played last year uh, for us on our. You know, we won one game last year in the playoffs, so um, we were we were pretty excited. And then in fall camp, right away, the injury bug hit us, mm-hmm. and we lost. Uh, three of our starting linemen went into Portland with a, a kid that uh, have never played guard before two kids have never played guard before uh, a center who was, you know, untested and they kind of took it to us. So um, kind of battling the injury bug and, and with us being so young, we made some mistakes early on and uh, you know, we were always in, in our games that we lost, uh, you know, the Chesney game we were in right till the end and New Lothrop, we lost by one. So in, in the Montrose game, they kind of jumped on us real quick and then we had a battle back, kind of just ran out of time there. So, uh, you know, it, it we started to get some guys back health wise and, uh, you know, the boys are, are buying in and they're they're a very confident group right now. So uh, we're we're playing our best ball at the right time and, and they're just uh, they're clicking. Yeah. Yeah, you talk about the boys buying in. Uh, Ovid Elsie, basically since about 2005, uh, have basically made the playoffs every year for the most part. Maybe a year or two that you guys didn't make the playoffs. But So I graduated in the early 2000s, and not trying to sugarcoat anything, Ovid Elsie was in a much different spot, the program, back when I played than it is now. For the people who maybe don't know as much about the Marauders, and don't know about this run that you guys are on with all this success and, you know, the playoff and it, with your players buying in, talk about maybe what it's taken to uh, shape the program and almost rebuild the program. Really now you guys have been on a roll for a good 15, 18 years. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest thing is we, we got a new weight room yeah. around that time. Our, our weight room. I, I mean, I played at Ovid in late nineties and, our weight room was a closet and we had two benches, two squat racks and a multi-purpose machine in the middle. And then our community. Sounds about like Corona, to be honest with you. At that time. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, so, um, we had, we had some kids that wanted to, you know, work out and, and, uh, you know, I kind of, I got hired in, in about 2005 and, um, started helping out with the weight program and, and Goosen was the head coach and I was his assistant. So, and we, you know what we had, we've had great kids, uh, mm-hmm. come through that, that want to work hard and, and want to, want to do great things. And, um, so, you know, I would say the weight room is one of the biggest things and, you know, we've, we've had great community su- support over the years and, and, uh, families that, you know, get these kids out and doing sports. And I, I think it's kind of a, you know, our uh, our whole sports program. The last few years, we started this 
after school lifting program where, you know, it's not just football kids anymore. And, uh, you know, I, I can't take credit for that. That's our athletic directors that have been in charge of that. And I kind of stepped away from running the weight room and just kind of just helped out. And, uh, so, you know, we've had good girl sports last few years and basketball and soccer. And, you know, we, uh, our volleyball team is playing for a, a regional championship yeah. uh, tomorrow night. So it's uh, it's kind of a, a culture thing now. Uh, let me just say this is uh, kind of on behalf of all of Shiawassee County. Thank you for beating Lansing uh, Catholic last <laughs> Friday. I mean, they I, we were talking about it uh, leading up to your guys' game last Friday is how they pretty much beat every single Shiawassee County team. I think they have an undefeated record, and they beat them all by a, about a – combine 800 points so how, first off how good did it feel to kind of beat that team and then secondly how how were you guys able to do it after because i mean that's a team that you guys have kind of played year in year out uh throughout the course of your guys career and you guys lost them last year in playoffs how are you guys able to get back on track this year and beat them uh well i mean lansing catholic's a, a great program and uh i mean coach jim baker's got you know good kids and uh, I felt like, uh, you know, watching the film this year, uh, the scout film on them that, uh, you know, we were, we were very confident going in the game. So, uh, running the ball, we've been able to run the ball, um, not as effectively as we've been in the past, uh, because of all the injuries to our offensive line. Um, I mean, we got, we got, um, uh, our left guard is five foot four and he's probably, he's going to wrestle 135 pounds and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's tougher than nail crap. So, um, uh, and then our, our right guard has never played offensive line, you know, up until like the first week of, you know, the season. So, uh, we were really clicking running the ball against Lansing Catholic. We were, you know, we won the line of scrimmage, uh, we didn't make the mistakes that we were uh, making early on with penalties and, and uh, turnovers and things like that. So you know, our, our, our quarterback uh, Trice is, is a dynamic player. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen him play. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's like one game, uh, our Stanis Sterling game, he throws for 300 yards cause we couldn't run the ball. And then, the last two games we've, we've been able to be a little bit more balanced and in this Lansing Catholic game, we were just able to run it right at them, especially in the second half. Well, you know, listeners to this podcast know, and you would know if you listened to us. So now you got to be a regular listener. Yeah, I will. (laughs) Every single, every single week we have our prep spotlight. And when we talk about the Ovid LC Marauders football game, who do I talk about leading off every game? It's Trice Tokar. Absolutely. So, yeah, we're well aware of Trice. I saw what he did uh, to against Corona last year. I mean, that was a that was an impressive comeback win. But you know, let's talk about some of the players on your team. Let's start with Tokar and maybe some of the other key players. Uh, you know that uh, people out there are going to want to see this coming weekend. Yeah. Uh, so Trice, a junior, he's not very big. He might be five seven, five eight and 140 pounds, but man, does he have a heart of a lion? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's, he's probably a better receiver actually, really? you know, and, uh, but with, uh, you know, we, we lost our quarterback last year, so he was thrown in there and he's a great athlete. You got, I mean, 
if you guys know anything about him, he's a two-time state champion in pole vault. Right. Oh, wow. um, and, you know, if, if you ever met a competitor, I, I don't think I've had a, a more competitive player uh, as a head coach than Trice Tokar. Talking about other guys, uh, our offensive line, you know, Cole Workman is our left guard. He's that he's that young or small wrestler, uh, mm. but he's tough as nails. And he also doubles up at, as nose guard, um, just makes plays in the backfield, small and quick and plays with great leverage. That's what and wrestling that, does. I mean, you see that a lot of times in college now. Guy yeah. Coaches will go recruit wrestlers to play defensive line. Yeah, I mean we've had we've had quite a few over the years. A Max Spees was a a state qualifying wrestler a couple of years ago, and he was our nose guard. And just they're not very big guys, but they're quick and they know how to you know get under people and yep. they're kind of like a, a menace. You know, yeah. I'm sure the <laughs> the opponents are like, oh, we got to guard, we got to block this guy, right? So you know, last last week's game, Clayton Frucci, our our tailback, um, really. Uh, stepped up. He, I think, he had about 130, you know, yards or so like that, and three touchdowns. And that's the best game he's played all year. Um, he was up as a sophomore, but he uh, broke his collarbone pretty severely against Portland in Week One last year. So um, we've kind of been waiting for him to turn on the Jets, and he's, you know, he's been stepping up. So, uh, you know, Jamison Custer's another player that plays both sides of the ball. Um, number seven. He's kind of he's a quiet kid, but uh, he's one of our captains. He just leads by example. Um, really good in the in the past game. He's the one that caught that you know fifty two yard pass. Of, you know, I think it was the first play uh, in the third quarter on offense for us that uh, you know Coach Longstreth drew up. And so he's he's a he's a leader. Um, you know, our offensive line has been pretty steady. This year, Jake Bowen, um, uh, Braxton O'Brien is a sophomore playing left tackle. He's going to be special. You know, Ben Wilds is that guard that was thrown in like the scrimmage week. Like here, Ben, learn guard. And uh, he's uh, he's taking it. Um, Joe Bancroft was the one injured early on and he's back. He's playing center. And then our other center who, who played most of the year, he got a concussion, um, I think, against new Lothrop and he's been out ever since we're hoping to get him back either this week. And if we play next week or when we play next week, <laughs> uh, he's been pretty good. Trey Milner, he's a wrestler too. Yeah. So, well, you know, you're talking about wrestlers and you're talking about the quickness up front, you know, while we're still on this topic, I saw last week, it was a sack race. I mean, you had six sacks defensively <laughs> must've been putting all kinds of pressure on the Lansing Catholic quarterback. That, that defensive line and linebacking crew must be pretty decent. Yeah, um, you know, Cole Workman is is right there at nose guard, and then Cohen Brown has been playing some defensive end for us this year, and he had a nice game. Uh, another kid that kind of uh, surprised us this year is um, number 79, Brady Risinger. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about a diamond in a rough. Like, we didn't we didn't expect anything from, from Brady this year, you know, and uh, all of a sudden, like, I think it was week five, he was on the scout team and, and we couldn't block him, you know? <laughs> and uh, he's one of those kids, like, you, you know, we don't want our starters hurt and banged up. Right. But he's doing so well. You can't get after him. You got to get after the starter. So after that week, we threw him in there and he's been playing some defensive end for us. And 
and doing real good. And, and Jake Bowen, Braxton O'Brien have been playing real well at the tackles. So, yeah, we've we've uh, last couple of weeks we played some pretty good D. When you're listing these players, you're you're listing a bunch of sophomores, juniors, and you already mentioned that your team is young. So I know you're not already looking at looking past this season, but it sounds like you've you got a little something going that might stick around here for a couple of years. And and speaking about a, a team that is always in the playoffs year after year, your your opponent coming up this week, Constantine, seems like they're in the playoffs. I mean, every year making a run to Ford Field or at least the semis. I mean, just a very good program. Uh, what are you kind of preaching to your guys this week? Is it just stay the course, do what we've done all week? Or, you know, kind of what, what's your kind of game plan heading into a, a huge regional matchup? Yeah, um, you know, in, in talking with the kids today after they've watched film and we've given them the game plan, um, like I said, we're, we're confident. We're a confident yep. group right now. Um, we showed them a little film today and, and uh, you know, we've – they. Constantine runs a swing T offense and uh, we've, we've seen that against Ida. We've seen it against Durand and yeah. we've done, um, you know, uh, very well against that. But I think Constantine presents a, a different, uh, another level. Uh, I mean, yeah. they're big, they're physical, they, they play angry. Um, so it's going to be a challenge, but I, I think our boys are, are, um, you know, they're, like I said, they're confident, you know, and that's, that's, that's great to see. Uh, I just wanted one last question for me, coach. Uh, there's something I, I kind of found out today and I appreciate you answering my first question. It was basically nonsense, but you answered it like pro. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, but one thing I realized today, I was looking at Michigan football.com. One of the best sites out there is that you guys have been playing Portland week one, basically for as long as you guys have been a program since 1966, as far as I saw, what do you appreciate about that tradition of playing them week one? And how awesome is it kind of getting that great test every single year, that first game of the season? Well, I'll tell you what, after the game, it doesn't feel too good. <laughs> Cause I haven't had any success against those guys. So um, but you guys play them tougher than I think most Shiawassee County schools normally do for, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, there's, they're just, they're a different cat. I mean, they're right they have so many athletes and they're well coached and they're physical and, you know, year in and year out, if, if we got an experienced team, you know, we we're in, we're in the game. And then another year we're, we're young and we're still trying right. to find ourselves like this year and they just take it to us. So um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a measuring stick game. You know, we can kind of tell what we got after that game, but, uh, you know, the, the loss after the game kind of hurts. <laughs> yeah. Right. Going 0 1 every year. I got, I got one final question for you, coach. Uh, you, you know, you got a Saturday matchup. You know, we all love the Friday night lights, but you're going to be playing one o'clock Saturday afternoon. Uh, it definitely, if, if the Friday night, last Friday night didn't have a playoff atmosphere, this certainly will. This is, this is going to be big time. Do you enjoy playing the Saturday games? Would you rather play Friday night? And uh, how do you, is there any different approach that extra day? Well, I'm a little inexperienced with these Saturday games. This is my, this is my first one uh -huh. since uh, I was an assistant coach, you know, for Goosen. Right. So it, it's a different feel. Um, you know, we've had an extra day. We gave the kids a, kind of a day off today, even though we met with them just for a little bit. Um, 
so you know tomorrow's our monday and then you know we'll go through the week like we usually do so um we're excited we're gonna get up uh early saturday morning get them breakfast uh go through a walkthrough and then get on the bus and travel down there and see what we can do all right well i tell you what we appreciate the time like i said it's like old time's sake talking with you talking marauder football yeah, uh, we've sure. been keeping a close eye on the marauders you got a big test but uh i'm sure everybody will show up to go support the marauders i mean there probably won't be anybody left in the ovid lc area so best of luck from us and uh you know just ha you have had a great season so far keep it rolling thanks guys i appreciate it and uh thanks for having me on all right, Travis. Good luck. Thanks a lot, man. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding areas since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcasts, we've had three generations, Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and myself, Noah Jacobs, serving our community with offices in Waterford and Owasso on M21, just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by our team. Jacobs Insurance is a proud supporter of our local schools and the proud sponsor of the Prep Spotlight. Insure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's our family working together to protect yours. That's the Jacobs way. All right, great stuff there with head coach Travis Long. But we, we should talk about some of the other football squads in our area that are doing very well. And, of course, let's start right off with the Corona Cavaliers, a big win to improve to 11-0 for the first time in school history, 28-17 to over Pontiac Notre Dame Prep. I mean, the game came in, you know, you, we came into the game with a lot of hype, and I think right. the game lived up to the hype. I, I was up in the booth. Jared, you were down in the field. Why don't you give your perspective on, on some of the hitting and how you saw it down there? Yeah, I mean, this credit team, man, it's as advertised. I mean, it's kind of like we've been talking about, man. You pinch yourself. It's it's a mm -hmm. once-in-a-lifetime season for a Corona it's kind of got me thinking, man, imagine being like a fan or an alumni of like cast tech or something like that, where this is just every year you're, you're, right. you're going for state titles every single year. I mean, they're right. spoiled, but what a great team this is. My favorite part about this team, man, is how athletic they are. Yeah. You know, you think about a Corona team and like how I would always picture it when I was a kid, when they'd finally make that push to Ford field, you'd imagine team with a great offensive line, like wing T style team, almost take the air out of the football. They're the opposite. I mean, I, I think they're gonna have the best athletes on the field. Uh, against any team they play the rest of the way. And so far this season, that's been the case. So yeah. they are loaded. I mean, obviously it starts with Wyatt and Tarek. They're both very, very good. Wyatt, a very, very good quarterback. Tough kid. I mean, he took a lot of big shots yes, uh, in that game. And, and Notre Dame prep seemed like their strategy was we're just going to send the house almost every play uh, on these passing downs. So he took a lot of shots but made some good throws, key throws. Uh, but some of the key things I noticed, man, I mean, it's not just them. I mean, Jaden Eddington. He's kind of the guy that kind of bounced off the screen or, or the field to me down on the sidelines. I mean, he's about five foot ten, five foot eleven, would you say? And yeah. two hundred pounds of pretty much pure muscle, and All he plays like a man possessed. I mean, you can't take your eyes off of him. I mean, he's great linebacker and a great running back too. Same thing with uh, another great linebacker they have is Zeman. Uh, Ted, what's his name? Dane Zeman? Is that it right? Dane the Demon Zeman. <laughs> I mean, him and Eddington and at throwing. Uh, Jaden and his younger brother Bryce that he did who plays kind of like a almost like a Sandra still nickel court nickel yeah. uh you know kind of rover type position I mean they are tough and they can move uh and I mean and I'm just gonna throw a few more guys out there that I noticed just down there watching 
Uh, I mean, Alan Merva, Austin Oginski, AJ Brieger, three really good linemen that absolutely, I mean, they got better and better as that game went along at first, the first few drives, you're like, Oh man, they might really struggle against this kind of pressure that Notre Dame prep was bringing, but they got better and better as the game went on. And I mean, Alan Merva literally pancaked a kid about three feet in front of me. And I love that, man. That's what you can't get up in the booth, but you get down on the sideline. So, I mean, this team is great. I mean, what an awesome game it was. What an environment they have the horses, man. Now let's just see if they can keep, keep steady, keep, keep the pace right. and and just keep doing what they're doing man game at a time yep. yep. game at a time and you know we obviously were hyping the game up like crazy but the game was hyped up all over oh, you know, yeah. anyone who covers high school football in michigan this was one of the ones last week that was being noted all over the place friend of the pod goose poop all of his computer models actually had corona as the underdog so yeah. i don't know going off of those metrics if corona actually pulled the upset but you know, I, I think we were all, it was almost right. to me like talking, whether with you guys or even friends still in the area who, you know, have been following this team and following the program, you know, forever. It, it almost felt like a coin flip type of game. It was, we talked about it last week that top to bottom. I mean, everything you just laid out, Jared, Corona has a very complete roster, but so does Notre Dame prep. And they were a good team. Yep. Very good team, very good high school team, you know, just a, a solid, good quarterback, good athletes, all that kind of stuff. But we mentioned that it might come down to quarterback play, but then also which team uh, doesn't turn the ball over. Right. And Corona force turnovers and uh, what, two or three fumbles? That, two, you know, fumbles? Two fumbles, yeah. Two fumbles lost, one at the end of the game, very critical. And Corona forced some drops. You know, we we talked about their their quarterback, Jacob Tuttle, basically hadn't thrown an incompletion all season. <laughs> and going off the broadcast, I mean, there sounded it sounded like some some big drops by Notre yeah, Dame Prep. There was to the credit of Corona's pressure, you know, how physical Corona was playing and everything like that. So it's one of those things where, you know, when you look back at the tape, I, I almost bet Notre Dame Prep's looking back on this and one saying they lost to a great team. I mean, one, you know tip your cap, lost to a very, very good team, as you just laid out, Jared, Ted, you know, too. But also they might look back and say, like, we we kind of almost gave this one away in a sense with, with the turnovers that they hadn't really done all year and the drops. I'm not taking anything away from Corona. I'm just saying, like, from Notre Dame prep side, they might be saying, like, man, we turned the ball over. We had some big drops. Um, you know, if we played a cleaner game, maybe it would have came out differently. But I, I think everything you said, Jared, is spot on. Uh, there, if, if, if people weren't buying into our hype three or four weeks into the season on, on the Corona right. hype train, I think everyone's buying in now. If, if you're not, then, um, you might want to be in a few weeks and when they're playing at Ford field, I don't well, want to, I don't want to get ahead of it, but don't get ahead. Don't get ahead. Don't <laughs> knock on wood. We here. can't. Uh, I mean, we can, man. I mean, I we're guess. not on the staff. I, I guess maybe we are like, we're rat poison as Nick Saban would <laughs> right. say. But, don't want to be rat poison. No. Um, well, like, I mean, the, the thing that I also I kind of realized watching this game, man, is we talk all so much about how this this team offensively and obviously we see the defensive stats. But when you really see kind of how this defense is put together, yeah, I, I don't see a team put scoring more than 21 points on them all year. I, I mean, obviously, that'll probably be, be a tough. big test come Ford Field. I mean, when you have, you know, the two Bauer bros on the back end at safety position, then you have those three linebackers that I named off that all are very tough and and 
cover the sideline to sideline. I I just don't see a lot of teams scoring on them, man. It, it's crazy to see a Corona team doing this. I mean, it's kind of the same sort of pride we get watching Michigan just bludgeon teams. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's been like this year, Ted. I mean, you've seen every game. I mean, Absolutely, is it just yeah. you're walking out of, the, out of the stadium every week, head held high, can't wait for the next one to come around next Friday? I mean, that's oh, what it feels like. It's 100%. I, I agree with you, you know, and it's – even though I've hedged my bet and said I'm semi-retired, I had all intentions all year long to follow a Corona, right? It's just worked out perfectly for me. It's magical because I'm out of here <laughs> after the football <laughs> season one way or the other. You yeah. know, I'll fill in as needed. You know, I'll probably, like like I said, sit in on Corona Wasso football game every year, but that's it. And this couldn't have worked out any better for me. And Matt, back to the game for just one second. That's why. That's why you have to really concentrate on not doing what Notre Dame did. You got to hang on to the ball. You got to catch the ball. Yeah. And we didn't even talk about the fact, I think one of the key plays in the game was when Corona stopped them on fourth down in the red zone early in the game, kind of gave them a momentum change there. And they came right down and scored. I think they scored after that drive on a long pass to Tarek, I think. But I know they followed that up, that stand with a touchdown that really gave them, I think, the confidence to just – move forward and keep rolling in that game. So it was very impressive. It was. And I I listened. So I I listened to the call and again, we're not, Ted, you know, this, you've been, you've been calling sports radio in the area for 175 years. years. (laughs) You, I mean, you, you have to be good at it. If you've done it this long, you've got to, you got to know what you're doing. You guys really do Casey Bart and yourself. Um, and maybe, maybe more for Corona fans or maybe more for people, but you guys paint the picture. I felt like I was at Nick and these field. I felt like I was standing right next to Jared, right on the sidelines. Um, you, you guys do a really good job. I mean, you, you call a good game. Casey Casey has stepped right in on the play-by-play, he and he does a really good job. You know, you, you don't feel like you're missing the action. I know you guys were struggling with Notre Dame preps numbers on the jerseys a little bit <sighs> a couple times. They had um, sharp uniforms, man. Those yeah. were sharp. It Up is close and personal, but from the press box, you couldn't <laughs> read those numbers, man. Yeah. But one, one thing I was going to say, so I, I – when I, when I found out, you know, I knew you guys were going to have Kyle Clough, you know, my, yeah. my friend and, and classmate on at halftime. So I definitely wanted to stick around and listen to that. A really, really cool interview with him, too. One thing that stood out that he said um, was that you can tell this team legitimately believes that they belong at Ford Field. I'm not saying verbatim, but this is basically what he said. And for, you know, yep, you were asking him about the 2002 team. Yep. And he was, he was kind of saying – he didn't know if we truly believed that we would have been at Ford Field. As the season went on, you know, we started to feel more and more like, man, we, yep, we're pretty good. We're good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once we went up, went up against South Christian, you know, maybe that's something that kind of backfired on us. I think that's something that stands out, even me from afar, listening to you guys who watch them, listening to the radio calls, um, listening to the interviews, you know, all the the media that are interviewing the players, you know, when we talk to Coach Herrick. Um, texting with Coach Herrick, you know, just all, you know, from afar, everything that I see, this team believes. And you can they tell, do. even when they went down 7-0 against Hamity, even when they went down um, against Notre Dame Prep, even when Notre Dame Prep came out of halftime, tied it up almost immediately. Yep. You can almost tell that, you know, I bet they look at each other on the sidelines, especially, I mean, when you got twins who've been playing football with each other their whole lives and the rest of the team, they've been playing football with each other since, you know, they were little tykes running around, you know, with helmets that are bigger than their bodies. They just believe they know they're, they know they can do it. Yeah. And, you know, I think kind of like to Jared's point with the athletes, how good they are. I think they can look around and say, look at Jaden and say, let's go. 
you know, turn it up. This is your time, you know, and, and you can look at Wyatt and say, we got to go win this thing. And they, they, they truly believe. And I, I think that, I mean, I can, that comes out over the radio, you know what I mean? Like, and in, in when we talk to coach Eric and everything like that too. So sure. I think that's huge. And even more so now I'm sure going into this game, they were 100% confident, but I think they probably were like, this is probably going to be our best test of the season. Yeah. Now, I mean, now they're probably like, hopefully not overconfident, but you know, now I think it's full on belief. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're the real deal. No what, question. Uh, one other kid I just want to throw out real quick just to give him his praise. Parker Eichstrom. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, he kind of reminds me of myself in a way where his <laughs> when he was a kid, he was kind of, you know, like was a little bit pudgier or whatever. And then as soon as he gets to high school and gets in a good weightlifting program, gets, gets you know, kind of matures a little bit. Right. He's a really good looking athlete. He, he yeah. had a big time run on a, on a perfectly dialed up counter play in the, in the, was it the first or second quarter yeah. sprung him for about what 50 or 60 yards. Yeah. Uh, so that was a big time play to kind of shift the momentum because everything was going Notre Dame preps way up until he made that big play. So I just want to throw him out there. Yeah. He, he's part of a good one, two punch with him and Jaden Eddington for sure. I mean, you know, right now they definitely look good and you know, they got to take care of business. Now they got the big game coming up with uh, Lutheran North and uh, that's, another home game you know after starting off the year five road games it's been home cooking all the rest of the way and that's that's not a bad way to to no. go it's awesome too i mean you're talking about all these home games i gotta be honest man when when i was you know just in general want, wanted like you said Ted, like you're trying to retire but a team like right. this and jared you said once in a lifetime type of thing for the corona community you know, I, I, I've definitely contemplated multiple times flying back, just finding some fly, finding some cheap flight that I can get there, you know, and, and get to these games. Yeah. And then especially one like this one, when I found out a bunch of my buddies from, you know, back in 2002 were going to be there. I knew you know, like some older guys, even older than me, Jared, you're talking about you're going some of your friends and stuff like that. And then when I found out, you know, I think it's such a cool thing. When, when something like this happens, let let the former players stand on the sidelines. I think that's really mm -hmm. cool. You know, not not get up in on like in the huddles and stuff like that, but you know, let them be down there. Um, because we we were out there too. We we were out there too playing. So I, I think that's a really cool community thing. So when I heard all that stuff, uh, you know, it was one of those things like and uh, one of my sisters went to the game and she was sending videos of like the crowd roaring after touchdowns, and then obviously listening to your guys' radio call. It is such a cool thing for this community. I mean. It, it honestly makes me like almost a little jealous of you guys getting to see it in person. Cause well, Matt, I mean, what, let's say, I mean, I know Ted, you're going to say, well, don't when we get a time, but let's say they make it to Ford field. I mean, what are you going to do, man? I mean, gotta go. He's like, that's oh, I'm being, you almost gotta make it back. Yeah. Got I'm there. I, I told, I told my buddies, I said, they beat Notre Dame prep. I'm, I'm booking the flight to Ford field on, <laughs> on that day, but no, I, I I will be there if they make it to Ford Field because that is even more legitimately a what once in a lifetime thing for Corona fans. So I'm just saying that that I think it's something, Jared. You're probably starting, you know, to get to the age where you're looking back and realizing th these things. I think these players they seem mature enough that they're they're probably they know what what they're doing right now. But I think it's something when they get a little older, they will really look back on this and be like. It's I've said once in a lifetime, five times already. It's a once in a lifetime thing that that they're going through right now. The oh. memories that the memories that they're making and everything like that. Like it, it's just such a cool thing. And it's well, it's unique. I mean, it's 
Toronto is a cool community. I mean, yeah, it's small. Yeah, it's not Castec, like you said. It's not Belleville. It's not some of these Rockford, some of these other big Grand Rapids schools. It is unique. It, Corona is a small community. Right. But man, for a team like this, they show up. Yeah. One thing I just want to say that's kind of funny that I made note of when I re-listened to your guys' broadcast, Ted. I yeah. noticed that when you Kyle Clough ended his interview, you said, without a doubt, he's the best quarterback you've seen at Corona since Tarrant, or since Wyatt. I just thought that was funny. I made note of it. <laughs> I'm glad oh, well, you made like, note of it. He is. He said on the pod before that he can't say you because of exactly. the family bias. So Right. Listen, yeah. uh, maybe for maybe when a few more, a few drinks or so, if we, you know, maybe after the four field victory, maybe we can rehash. I, I did a little digging on the 2002 team and, and some of the opponents you guys were playing and some of the <laughs> amount, amount of points that were scored. But well, like I said, we'll save that debate off the pod for another time. Hey, we, we, I mean, it was a different time too. Like I said, like Ovid LC wasn't good back then. You know, now they are. Hazlitt was really good back then. I mean, we, yeah, I, I'll be, I'd be fine going through all this. <laughs> No, yeah, no. Listen, we, this, this, this group, we our teams suck compared to this team. So take it, yeah, taking way. nothing, taking nothing away from your team, Matt, your team, Jared, any of the other teams out there that were great. This team has stamped themselves eleven and zero, and nobody else has done that. That's well, as and, and simple and as that. You guys were saying, I think Ted, we, we texted a little bit about it, and we talked about it. It this this was a legacy type of thing because. Yep. I think they still would have been probably the best team ever had they somehow lost that game. But Corona's never been to 11 wins. Right. So say they somehow lost that game and were just another 10 and one team, another Corona team that couldn't get up, get their way yeah. out of the district. That's that, that's that would have been okay. They broke a ton of records. Then it's open know. for debate, though. Then it's right? open for no, debate. It, it now, was a must win game. It was a must win game, a hundred percent. In my opinion, for their you know not, for their this, legacy, I feel, I feel like a loser saying this for their legacy. It was a must right. win game. It really was. Yeah, it was. And they took care of business it against is. a very good team too. It was. So, I, I will, like Tuttle. He was a good quarterback, man. And yes, you, he was. You can tell when a kid is just kind of predetermining where he's going with the ball once the ball is snapped. He was making reads. I mean, like I said, Matt, it was the drops that were killing them on offense, but I was really yeah. impressed with him at quarterback. He's a good little player, and I've heard he's a really good basketball player as well. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap this segment, I think enough of Corona. We'll keep talking about them every week as long as they stay alive. But uh, Chesanine, uh, I'm a little bit surprised by the score, 49-21 really to Bullet Creek, yeah. you know, a couple of former MMB uh, schools. Uh, Max Volk had 175 yards and a couple TD passes. Braden Florian, 88 yards and a TD. Uh, he's a stud back and finished the year with 2,010 yards. It's, I, I'm not sure. That might be the largest rushing total of any back in the state. I'm not 100% sure on that, but over 2,000 yards, pretty impressive. Yeah, <laughs> he, he did that without a 14-game season. It, that's impressive, yeah. man. I don't care who you're playing. Who That's impressive. Yeah, and then I don't know if you guys caught the story on the new Lothrop game. I mean, they lose – 29-28, Joe Dawes of Ithaca kicked a 36-yard field goal with eight seconds left for the Yellow Jackets. Tough loss for the Hornets. Uh, just reading some of the stuff on the right. quotes by Coach Galvis, it didn't sound like uh, he was too satisfied with some of the calls and, and some of what went on, but still an outstanding season for the Hornets and a tough way to lose. What a great matchup. If I wasn't at the Corona game, that was the game I was at for sure. Yeah. That's a game yeah. if I would have told you at the start of the season they're going to be playing in districts, you would have said 99% chance we're there, probably. Look it. Yeah, you're um, right. It, 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 I heard basically from what I heard, like you said, I was kind of reading some of those press clippings as well, maybe some questionable calls down the stretch. But, I mean, they mm -hmm. lost their starting quarterback in the third quarter. That too. I mean, once right. that happens, it's 
I mean, they definitely seem like they might have been the be- better team of that game, but happens, yeah. man. It happens, and taking nothing away from Ithaca, they got a hell of a program. Uh, finally, wrapping up, uh, Wasso girls cross country finished 13 in the D2 finals at MIS, and then back to Corona. I just thought this was kind of cool. We're talking prep spotlight, but uh, Corona High School's Amara Jackson was named the national FFA president. That's pretty impressive right there. Future Farmers of America, she's the national president. That, yeah. that, that's an outstanding achievement. It, in an it's almost year. one of those things like like the OM school or the OM teams winning world championships. Right. You almost like don't know how to like grasp that. I know. She's the national president of the FFA. That's yeah, pretty awesome. It we have a FFA powerhouse, man. If it, if we it were like an alternate universe where it was televised and it had the same amount of press following it, like uh, Corona football does or like football does, then I mean we'd probably be talking about them every week. Yeah. I, th- I think I told you guys this story. This was back uh, when Jessica was a senior in school. She was part, she might have been a junior, and she was part of FFA. And she went to the national convention with the rest of the Corona uh, FFA members. And I was on a sales trip in Louisville, and I thought I'd surprise her and take her out to, to lunch. So I showed up at the convention area thinking I could find her. This was pre-cell phone day era. There's nothing but blue jackets all over this place. And I thought I was going to be able to find her. It was, I walked around there for about a half hour and I go, forget it. I'm out of here. Yeah. There's no way. You didn't just start yelling, Jessica. No, but it, it was, it was pretty comical. If you would have seen me walking around there, especially as soon as I got out of the car and I go, what the heck am I thinking here? That's funny. Anywho, uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into some sports talk. We'll talk a little Michigan with the Lions coming off a bye. We'll see what kind of potpourri we can get into right after this. Are you ready to take your brand to the next level? Look no further. Introducing AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. At AZ, we're committed to helping businesses and organizations like yours reach new heights. Our full-service print and digital branding agency is your one-stop destination for all things branding. Need a stunning web or graphic design that captures your essence? We've got you covered. Want captivating social media content that engages your audience? Done. And that's not all. We're experts in video production and photography, ensuring your brand tells a compelling visual story. Plus, we specialize in screen printing and embroidery, turning your brand into wearable art that speaks volumes. Whether you're a startup or an established business, AZ is here to transform your brand dreams into reality. Ready to grow with us? Partner with AZ today and experience the difference. Visit our website at www.az.co or give us a call at 1-844-360-AZEE. AZ Branding Solutions, where your success begins. Check out the Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center in the now building on the campus of Memorial Healthcare. Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center includes locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, a sauna, a lap pool, and more, including a raised track for walking and running with views of the entire Memorial campus and surrounding area. Personally, I love it, man. Sunday, Saturday morning, get in there, get a good workout in, hit the sauna up, and I also do the steam room, so it's a perfect spot. I mean, I think it's only $12 for a day pass, but for those of you who are looking to join for a winter membership, it's up to 15% off for your membership when it's paid in full. Memorial Healthcare strives to bring healthcare and wellness together, servicing patients' needs from diagnosis to treatment to rehab and beyond. 
For more details, go online at www.memorialhealthcare.org or call 989-720-CARE. That's 989-720-2273. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com, and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. All right, guys, let's jump right into college football. I mean, being a, a college football fan, and especially a Michigan fan like us, this two weeks from the bye and following social media has been insanity. I mean, I've been one of those people that, that wanted to just go, I'm, I'm going to just unsubscribe. I just can't right. hardly take it anymore. There was so much misinformation. And we're recording this on Monday night, and apparently the latest is – the NCAA couldn't find anything pinning Harbaugh to knowing anything that was going on illegally. Is that right. a fair statement where we're at right That's now? It sounds like. And, you know, the president of Michigan basically came out and said, you know, when, when they were saying that the Big Ten might suspend Harbaugh, the Big Ten might come down with some sort of, you know, penalty on Harbaugh. The president of Michigan basically came out and said, "We're prepared to fight." Like they, yeah, they don't think there's any evidence. They believe Harbaugh because he said he didn't know. You know, so almost like a legal battle was going to ensue if the Big Ten tried to suspend Jim Harbaugh. Think, is what it sounded like. So then the Big Ten, what it sound again? This is all like reports. Exactly. You know, who, who knows what's actually? But this is all reports that the Big Ten basically said it's an NCAA thing. The Big Ten was like, we, we've we got nothing. NCAA, it's with you. And then kind of what you said, Ted, the NCAA was like, we're not seeing anything that clearly points to Jim Harbaugh knew this was going on. Sounds like kind of like what you were saying off air. It's like a rogue staffer. This yeah. Connor Stallions <laughs> dude was basically just a maniac. But now there's even more reports coming out earlier today. Again, just reports, allegations, you know, who knows? An ex-Big Ten staffer is how it's labeled. So what does that mean? Hmm. Could it be Connor Stallions? Could it be Mel Tucker? Could it? Who knows what it could be? Provided documents that other Big Ten schools, coaches, you know, programs, were basically colluding against Michigan, and they were giving each other all their notes about Michigan signs, about their tendencies, about their plays, all that kind of stuff to try and beat them. So now mm-hmm. like it, it's like trying to say whatever you're saying Michigan was doing wrong, all these other Big Ten schools were doing the same thing against Michigan. And it's just honestly just becoming kind of like what you said. It's It's just getting ridiculous because it's all allegations. It's all speculation. We don't really know anything. It's just right. it's kind of showing the power of social media nowadays. Oh. It doesn't matter like anything that's true factual put it out there and if it's something about jim harbaugh michigan it's going to spread like wildfire so who knows right now it sounds like maybe nothing's going to happen at least immediately so i i i love the rogue staffer report (laughs) i mean one let's just start with connor stallions Uh, the reason i salute that guy is because you know (laughs) he's the type of guy if it was like wartime you get him you don't even torture him 
you just kill him because you know you're not getting anything from him. He's, right. You might as well just kill him. You're not waterboarding is going to do nothing. Um, <laughs> as for the whole rogue thing, I mean, I can't in one side of my mouth say, oh, Pat Fitzgerald knows everything about this hazing scandal and then right. this whole thing with Har- So it's like, I, I, I think yeah. Harbaugh knew it. Whether I don't think it matters. I don't give a shit whether he knew or not. I think the whole thing is BS anyway. And I think a lot of schools do things like this or similar to it, or they cheat in other ways. I, I, everybody cheats, man. Like Frank Tarkanian used to say, everybody cheats. So I, whether that's important or not, I, I don't really care. The one thing I will point out, and it's funny, it's good to hear that the Big Ten has kind of picked the right side of this. I'm so sick of the NCAA. Every yeah. time there's a tough decision, they put the pressure on the conferences. When there's the easy slam dunk ones, man, they'll they'll – parade around and they'll do those ones but when it's covid or when it's something like a mid-season with your top team like a michigan and jim harbaugh they want nothing to do with it they'll do their due processing uh so i'm glad to hear that the big 10 is kind of being smartly saying no we're not we're gonna let this process play out this is the ncaa's job we're gonna let them do it uh one thing that's there's been so much news man every time we record there's so many things to hit on i love the idea of this big 10 conference call where (laughs) you know they're all all right guys see you next week and then as soon as Jim Harbaugh hops, hops off, wait, 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 everybody stay, everybody stay. Right. We got we to talk about this. I mean, what a joke. So what, is, dude, what a do all the coaches joke. have like a group text, but Jim Harbaugh's not in it? They're like, hey, I mean, hey, when when Jim hops, hops off, everyone stay like, on. I mean, that really must have been what it was, or like an email. They sent an email out, and the one that Jim is not on, it's like a dummy email or something. I mean, what are we doing? Such a joke. Why do you think these coaches want this action to be taken now? Because guys like James Franklin, guys like Ryan Day, and I've always said I like Ryan Day. It just came out today that the whole private investigation thing probably wasn't true. I never really believed that. I don't know. Maybe tomorrow will come out that it was true. I don't know. Most recent news that wasn't Every day is different. It's guys like that because Ryan Day is looking at Michigan going, oh, God, I'm going to lose to Michigan for the third straight year. Uh, James Franklin's looking another year. I'm going to lose to Michigan another year. I'm going to lose to both, both Michigan and Ohio State. They want them out. They, this is their, they're running out of answers. I don't blame them, man. I mean, they're yeah. dead men walking. I would probably do the same thing. If your back's against the wall, you're at war. You got to come up with some answers to write the ship. So I don't blame them, man. But how they're going about doing it, these private conference calls, you got Purdue's head coach who's been a coach for a drink of water. Uh, I mean, literally a right. dead man. As soon as everything leading up to that game where he's making the comments, quote unquote, for a fact, they, you know, they've had personnel spying on, quote unquote, a number of our games. As soon as you read that quote, this guy ain't the guy. He's not right. the guy, man. He's a nope. dead man walking. <laughs> he's yeah. lost before he ever answer, he ever came into this conference. Jeff Brom, everything he built, it's going to be gone. Yeah. I, what a joke. That whole handshake. Real quick, let's make a note right here. What would you guys make of that handshake? <laughs> It was I, if I, one like handshake. If right. If I'm being honest, it, it's a, I mean, I think I tweeted out, it's the epitome of what's going on today with like how people will get on Twitter and talk trash, but then if they have the chance in person, yeah. you know, they, they shy away. And I'm not saying that he should have like picked a fight with Harbaugh, but if you're going to talk, talk all that trash, what you're talking about, Jared, and then you have a chance in the handshake after you just got boat raced on the field. I mean, Purdue wasn't even in the same class as Michigan shake Harbaugh's hand and say what you need to say to him. You either know, or, either say what you meant or apologize. One or, or the two, apologize right? Or, right? Straight, like level the playing field. Instead, he basically sprinted by him. <laughs> and you even see Harbaugh almost like kind of look back and then, you know, Harbaugh doesn't care. He no. does, he does whatever he wants, but it was just like, what was that? It, like you said, Jared, it, 
I almost don't know how, as a player, you can get behind a coach like that who, you know, yeah. And, and on the field, the man, field. they were lost. It's they like were. that Donovan Edwards big play. It's like everyone's on TV. They literally don't, don't have anybody covering Donovan Edwards. I mean, mental errors on mental errors for Purdue. Right. They got a running back who's like fumbled the ball 13 times or something like that this year. It's like, what's going on over there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, one thing I do want to make note of, and uh, it's kind of funny how we hear the national media, how it's like it's going back and forth on Michigan. Mm-hmm. Remember leading up to this scandal, how I was like, well, Michigan's played nobody. They played nobody. Let me know when they play somebody real. Like th- these wins are meaningless. Now you got guys, in, and I love Stephen A. Smith. This I'm just picking him out because he's the one that really went viral with his take on Michigan. Basically, he went out and said, you know, oh, how is the NCAA and the Big Ten going to let this happen when they make the college football playoff and everyone's going to be looking, knowing how Michigan got there, mm-hmm. how they got there was cheating, basically is what he was saying. Michigan hasn't played anybody yet. The scandal broke, right. and I tweeted this, at the perfect time, right yeah. before we played Penn State, right before we played Ohio State. So when Michigan rolls on to the national championship, there's there's no asterisks. You can't claim there's an asterisk. And in the other side of your mouth, say, oh, well, they played nobody those first eight games. It's like, they're, right. they're all scrubs. It's funny how the tide has turned now. Oh, we only won those games now because we cheated. Right. It's like, what are we? We've now been out the quote-unquote signal stealer. The last two weeks, the defense looks just as damn good as they were. The offense is still putting up the same amount of points as they were. They look just as good. Ohio State looks just as shitty. Penn State looks just as shitty. I cannot wait for this weekend, man. I can't wait for the rest of the season. It's it's this is a perfect dream scenario. You guys should feel no guilt about the rest of the way of us winning these games because this broke right before the real critical part of the schedule came. So I'm all for it, man. Who cares? It, it, you, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, the distraction." No, I'm glad this came out now because we can put it to bed. Uh, on the field and not yeah. through this media narrative BS that we've been kind of dealing with these last four weeks. Yep. Good take. That yep. really was. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, right. you know, talking about on the field, I, I don't know if, you know, they were coming off a bye. So, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of rust after a bye, all the stuff going that we're talking about uh, off the field, if they were actually maybe a little distracted, but, I mean, people were acting like J.J. McCarthy was missing missing throws left and right. Now, yes, he did miss a few throws that he had been making the rest of the season, for yeah. sure. But listen, to, I don't know about you guys, but listening to Todd Blackledge, who is the color guy on, on the game for NBC, he was just talking about McCarthy like he was missing every throw, like he was like some JV quarterback or something. And yeah, not not to like make comparisons with, with Corona, but – you know, like I, if, if there's one thing I'm not worried about with Michigan, it's McCarthy this year, you know, last year, maybe kind of being his first year as the starter, you know, you wondered like if, if it was going to all come together, but you know, like you were talking about with, with the athletes Corona has, like they, you know, they're at a, a level a really high level right now. I really don't think McCarthy will be the reason they lose games. If, if, if he misses a throw here or there, okay, that happens, you know, incomplete passes, but a couple of those throws that he was missing we're still hitting receivers in the hands and it's like, you got to make those catches. If, if you know, you can't expect perfect throws. Well, yeah, and I, I agree you. with what, what they were saying. I mean, you look at it, he was 24 or 37, 335. <laughs> That's well, here's, here's the thing though. He's graded on a different scale. I mean, he's literally the yeah. highest in front runner right now. It's the highest in yeah. front runner. So it's Second. like, you almost have anything outside of playing a perfect game is going to get, That's it's, it's kind of surprising when he misses a throw. He set really, the bar up this high. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be honest. The one thing that is concerning to me, and we saw it last year against Penn State, especially we rushed for 418 yards against them. 
this has been kind of the talking point. The running game really has not been quite as dominant this year. And I don't really necessarily put it on any one thing or another thing. I think it just Corum came back from injury. I mean, watching Corum last year, it was like it was the best running back I think I've ever seen in college. He was so goddamn good. He He couldn't be tackled in a phone booth, man. He's still very, 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 very good this year. But I just think there's maybe a little bit of a drop. And I, and I think he still can get back to that form that he was in. But I just I think that's kind of why we're seeing the lack of production from the running game. It's just Quorum was at such an elite level last year that it's just hard to kind of mimic that this season, in my yeah. opinion. And it seems like I don't know if the offense offensive line, which is still really good, maybe they're not quite up to the level as last year's. They were opening up holes that, Jared, you could have ran through and gained 100 yards. I mean, Ed, I mean – I think we're seeing that Donovan Edwards is a fantastic player, but as far as like, you know, Corum can make guys miss Corum can break tackles. Corum can make moves, you know, in the hole and make, and, and Edwards is a little more of like a hit the hole and use a speed. And if, right. if there's not a hole, if, you know, he's, he's not about to like juke some guy like a Barry Sanders or, you know, truck someone over like Derrick Henry or something like that. So I don't know if it's an, an offensive line thing, but I'm kind of with you. The the running game, I'm not like concerned because you still have two really good running backs and even Mullings, the third string running back has looked pretty good too. It looks good. Yeah. Yeah. I, but we've been waiting for that like breakout game where Edwards busts two 60 yard runs and Corum does too. And we haven't right. seen it. So now we're what? eight games into the season or nine games into the season. So it's kind of like, when is that going to happen? Maybe, maybe they don't need it this year. Maybe, maybe the, the focus of the offense is McCarthy. Maybe that's yeah. part of it. So I'd say now's the time, you know, yeah. Penn state and Ohio state on the horizon. Now's yep. the time. I can't wait to play Penn state, man. I'm looking my jobs on that one. Are you, I, so are you glad it's a, a noon game and, and not a, a night game whiteout? You know what? I was actually going to say this. I hate, hate, hate when Michigan plays night games. I really yeah. do. I like waiting again. It's like I almost didn't want to watch this game at this point, like this last week against Purdue. Michigan is a noon kick. That's who, what they've always been. That's what they always should be. Because even if it's a like a lackluster college football weekend, you can always count that noon noon kick. That's a great game you're going to be able to watch. Then there's yeah. usually the great game at night. But when Michigan right. plays at night, now it's like I'm flipping back and forth between USC and Washington. Right. And you can't quite watch it with the same uh, set of eyes that you would at a noon kick. In my opinion, Michigan should always be a noon kick. And I think that's a Big Ten as a whole. That's why I love the Fox Big Ten kickoff. Yeah. You always get count that big big game being at noon. I do like the fact they're playing noon this week. And I'm glad Corona's uh, playing Friday and not Saturday. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that game. Hey, I got one right. final comment back to the whole scandal thing. Uh, if the Big Ten would have come down with a major type of suspension, I was pretty furious when I thought it might be heading that way. Yeah, I was I was going to say, Michigan, it's time to be your own Notre Dame. Get the hell out of that stupid league. Do your own thing. So I'm glad I would have loved that. I saw some people saying that if if something like that happened, it might be something that pushes Michigan to go independent because, yeah, they they have enough money. They have enough of a following. They could do it for sure. Just like Notre Dame. And you know the Big Ten would not want to lose Michigan. So, no way. but yeah. I don't know, man. I almost kind of like I don't want to leave. That you're almost giving them what they want. It's like I love right. bludgeoning Ohio State, love bludgeoning <laughs> Penn State, love bludgeoning Michigan State. Year, I mean, this was the norm. This is yeah. the new norm. As long as Harbaugh's there, as long as we're not getting shank- shank- sanctioned out of our ass, this is the new norm. As long as Urban Meyer doesn't come back into the conference, 
this is what we can expect for years to come. Do you, do you guys have any concern at all that this whole contract thing keeps dragging out and not getting finalized? What's I, going on? The, I hope it's just because this investigation is going on. Right. I really hope that's what it is. Cause I'm kind of the same thing. Like even, you know, they're, they're tweeting out support for Harbaugh and saying all this stuff. Then it's kind of like, then sign him, sign it, just yes. give him the deal. <laughs> but I don't know. I think you got to wait just for the, yeah. the optics of it. I is, is especially the more and more this plays out. I think Michigan has some aces up their sleeve um, with just kind of, it's apparently like you mentioned earlier, Matt, like moles for other schools are coming out now, almost yeah. in like support of Michigan. So I think they're just kind of waiting. Uh, and I don't blame him for that. And in my opinion, it's let's get through this investigation. Let's get through this year clean and let's get Harbaugh figured out right after that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the other side of the coin, you know, Michigan State had the whole Mel Tucker thing. Finally, got a win for Harlan Barnett. It was, it wasn't pretty. Twenty to seventeen over Nebraska. A couple teams not very good, but at least they got the W. Uh, I'm not sure what 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 much else is going to come out of this season and what they're going to do. I mean, is is Urban Meyer really still? in the possibility i mean again it's social media what what do you believe that's another thing you believe where the story changes every day you hear about it oh he's on campus no he's not oh he's like about to sign a contract oh he's not i don't know i I don't know what to think i've been saying that i think it's a lot more real of a possibility than anybody ever gave it credit to be right but until that until i literally see that photoshop of him wearing that michigan state windbreaker in person i'm not gonna believe it i'm not hearing any other names that's the other thing really of any seriousness yeah, unless unless kind of like the Harbaugh deal, unless they're trying, they're just gonna let this season finish out. Yeah, and but then they'll address the coach. I I just would be, and this isn't taking a shot at Michigan State because, like you've said, Ted, it, it is a good university, good sports program, everything. Right. I just would be very surprised if what brings Urban Meyer out of retirement, away from his deal with Fox, is Michigan State football mm-hmm. with where they're at right now with USC, Oregon, Washington coming into the Big Ten, with his Buckeyes also in the Big Ten, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin. It's just, would he really come back for Michigan State? It would Maybe It would answer the, right. It would answer the debate of Michigan State. They always say they're, they're this national program and they can compete with the big boys. If they went out and got Urban Meyer, you, I think you got to agree with it. Like, yeah, this is a program that they put their money where their mouth is. Right. <laughs> so. It would be oh, fun yeah. to see, man. I t- that would be so fun. I, I, I'm be. rooting for it. I really am. <laughs> it'd, it'd be fun because it'd either go one of two ways. It either, you know, it'd work, and Michigan State would be good, so it, we'd have a lot of great matchups again. Yeah. Or it'd be an absolute train wreck, which would also be right. cool to see. <laughs> yep. No lose, right? No right. lose situation. Uh, all right. Well. Uh, a couple other quickies. Uh, it was sad to see Bobby Knight passed away at 83. You know, whether you like Bob Knight or not, the guy was a heck of a successful legend. coach in Indiana. Yeah, legend. You, there's not many you can throw the word legend on, and he definitely was a legend. Yeah. Uh, very controversial, you know, but uh, he was from my era, and it was a little different time. You know, there's only one guy pretty much nowadays that has any of the Bobby Knight mentality. You know, I'm going to say Izzo. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not many coaches that coach that way anymore. He, oh, and no, even his was, was wasn't to what Knight used to do either. But right, right, right. Um, the one thing about Knight that I loved was it, it, this video that always cir- it circulated even before he passed away. But the him talking about Michael Jordan before Michael yes. Jordan became who he was. I mean, I could watch that video on repeat, man. That's awesome. The, what yeah. a what a like claim to fame that really would be. I saw that guy 
and I knew what he was going to be before anybody else. I mean, it really just explains how smart he was as a basketball coach, like in that one minute clip. Yeah, he right. really was. Uh, also, before we wrap it up, Jared, of course, you're, you're working for Bally and the Pistons are part of the uh, stable there. You know, off to a two and five start. You know, I still think they have a pretty good young core, but they got to kind of figure out maybe a few things right now. And, you know, you don't want to fall too far behind early in the season. Right. Same thing happened last year. You know, I'm a little concerned about there might be another year or two away yet. I mean, yeah. I definitely think a year or two away from being a real contender. I think we wondered with Monty Williams coming in, Cade Cunningham coming off his injury, looking looking good. Like, was this going to be a year they could sneak in to the mm-hmm. playoffs as like an eight or seven seed? But right, right now it's not looking like it. And, you know, the talent is there. And Monty Williams is a, a good coach. He's a right. proven coach in the NBA. But, you, yeah, you got to figure out the pieces. You can't just have some good young talent and think, oh, we're going to be in the playoffs. Like, you have to have the right guys and the right, you know, rotations and everything and it doesn't seem like they have that right now so yeah and and the thing that yeah it, it's they're not you're 100 right matt they're not there yet i think you said you might be right to there might be a year or two away from that still right. it's hard to put together a winning team uh in the nba like a true championship contending team well and, and I mean, you, if you're you, if you're trying to do it through the draft if you're right. not doing it through just throwing money Great at kevin point. durant throw money at devin booker like yeah. if you're trying to build a team that's tough Great point. I mean, the Thunder have been building for what feels like forever. They really got something cooking. But even then, it's like still like, man, we still got to see it for a couple more years where we really can say they're championship contenders. In the positive side, though, I will say, like, Cade Cunningham, he's been great. Yeah, He's everything we've hoped he's going to be. We saw his, rush, his rookie year. He's doing the same thing this year. Uh, I mean, I, we talk about this guy in the draft, uh, Asar Thompson. I mean, I like he had him. five blocks in his yeah. NBA debut as, like, an 18-year-old. I mean, the guy is just an elite, elite athlete. And Jalen Duran. Hasn't yep. very good too, but he's just been he's been banged up the last few games. But he's been good when he's been playing. Uh, and I, I think Monty Williams really you can notice a difference in this team. I really do think that they're a different team with him coaching. I think they've been a lot more tougher defensively. The players seem to kind of rally around him a little bit more than what they did in the past. So I think that was a good hire. It's just hard to sit there and be all you know roses when I mean it's a two and five team at the end of the day. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Still, still ways away from being that really true. Yeah, and it, they're going to have a hard time, I think, selling tickets. You know, there'll be there'll be some reasonable tickets to be sold down there. But I think the Red Wings will finish it up with them. This is a team that uh, I think Steve Eiserman finally has a lot of the pieces in place. They're off to a good start, and that's going to be a hard ticket to to come by is at LCA down there and to future Red Wing games, I think. They are always hard to come by, even yeah. when they weren't even though they weren't a playoff team the first couple of years I've been down there living. I mean, the, it's always packed. Yep. It's always packed. I've heard LCA is really about is one of the top tier kind of, they call it Barnes, uh, hockey rinks uh, mm-hmm. that's out there. It is awesome, man, when that, when that ice is there. It's a great spot. The way LCA is kind of set up, it's almost like you're looking down on the ice. Yep. It's really, really sweet. Uh, but, yeah, they got a hell of a team. I mean, the big trade they made this offseason was for – Alex to bring it. And I mean, he came out like uh, on fire, on fire, <laughs> truly on fire. Him and Dylan Lark, I think through five or six games or whatever it was, were first and third in total points in the NHL. They've cooled off a little bit, but I think it's for sure a playoff team. I mean, once you yeah. get in the playoffs in the NHL, it's kind of like you see what happens. So anything can happen for sure. So well, that's when, when they brought, brought Eiserman Iser- back to do the rebuild, it felt like it was just a matter of time. You know, sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, 
with what's going on with the Tigers, say, or even with the Pistons or whatever, you know, you just don't know if it's ever going to happen. With Iserman, it just felt like oh, yeah. give him the few years to make a couple trades, like you said, Jared, a couple draft picks, and they're going to figure it out. And it's just, it needs to happen. The Red Wings not being in the playoffs is just like, it doesn't make sense. They need to get back in the playoffs. Absolutely. Well, we might as well finish then with uh, the D4 because you brought up the Tigers. Uh, seeing things about AJ sold his condo or something and might be moving on. Is that just, is that just rumors? I, I don't know. I, in my opinion, I think it's nothing. I saw somebody tweet that it was nothing. I don't know. I, I yeah. just, I saw, I saw a couple headlines on that. I'm not really that informed on it. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, this maybe, guy just Avi Baez opted opted into his four year ninety eight million extension. So, oh boy, I did see that. I, I mean, hey, we we ended the season on a positive note with the Tigers, man. We, we, we don't got to we don't got to drudge it back down. We knew this day was coming <laughs> right. with Baez, and I'm not worried about Hinch. I think he's here to stay. I think he sees something that Scott Harris is building. So, no, I, I'm not reading too much in those tea leaves. Well, the Rangers, the Rangers showed that you can turn it around pretty quick if you get the right player or two on the team. I mean, Seager, what a stud shortstop he is, huh? I mean, a lot of teams. The Diamondbacks were yeah. one of the worst teams in, in the league a few years ago. The Rays seem to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's just wild that the Tigers have not been able to figure it out for so long. But they're close. They are close, I think. They're close. We'll we'll see. They need some pitching though. Man. Yes, <laughs> I mean, they, they should they be healthy, do. man. I mean, I think they got right. pitching. It's just these guys. We haven't seen these guys. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's end it on that note, fellas. Uh, this has been episode two eighty eight of the Three Point Podcast, presented by the Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center. Make sure you sign up for a twenty twenty four membership. You can get up to fifteen percent off. Get yourself healthy and in shape. For more details, go to memorialhealthcare.org. Also want to thank our local partners, AZ Branding Solutions. By the way, I think it's dropping sometime this week, uh, my special appearance on their podcast. I thought that was supposed to be last week. This has been getting teased for like three months, man. I know. I I don't know if I should tease it because I probably am going to come off looking like a fool, but (laughs) we shall see. Uh, AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. Nelson House Funeral Homes, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Rivals Tap House and Grill. Don't forget our Z92.5 Castle Game of the Week. It's a D5 Regional Championship. Macomb Lutheran North Mustangs at Corona. Corona Cavaliers 11-0. Game will be on Z92.5 and also simulcast on the NFHS Video Network. And uh, make sure you give us a follow at 3-Point Pod. And also make sure... You mentioned that uh, you enjoy this program to our sponsors. If you're ever in any of their businesses, tell them that uh, you heard their ad and their name on our podcast. They'd appreciate it, and we'd appreciate it. Uh, one thing I'll just throw a shout-out about one of our sponsors. I saw AZ is basically putting up a Corona athletic shop uh, for this football team as they're making a run, to, and a portion of the yeah. proceeds is going, to the, uh, is going to the Corona Athletic Fund. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. I saw they posted the district championship sweatshirts. I mean, like, next week they're going to have to do regional championship sweatshirts, and then we'll just keep it going. So keep your eye out for all that merch coming Whatever out. it takes. And they've hooked us up with uh, Corona's Football Town t-shirts, too. So, Oh, yeah. Good sponsors. Well, that's it. Peace and love, everybody. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org.
Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to 3pointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.